Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, there's a, a little children's uh, song, maybe you remember it from, from Sunday school. The B-I-V-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. And dear friends, isn't that the case when we're at our best? Indeed, being able to stand upon the Bible, being able to make our decisions based upon God's word, being able, yes, to be in that place of doing what's right. And of course, who determines what is right? It is God himself, isn't it? The Lord above, the one who created the heavens and the earth. We understand his commands to be right. Obviously, perhaps the commandment, thou shalt not murder. That's maybe one that we can still say throughout the, the land that we keep universally. Although, you know, some of the TV shows coming out ask that question. You know, if you could murder some terrible person before they begin their terrible career, would you do it? Yeah? You want to ask that question, would there be some slight chink in God's armor where God has declared thou shalt not murder, but I can come up maybe with this one time, but maybe it would be okay. And yet, I think for most people living in the United States, they still would say, well, no, we just want to say, you know, thou shalt not murder. There would be no exception that you would even allow your enemy to continue to live and not seek their life. We would just say that command of God, it, it, it's well and good. But then, you know, we, we come to that one about stealing, don't we? We say, well, for the most part, I think it's good to not steal. But then again, you know, some people get into those situations where, where they say, well, you know, my, my family was starving. I, I couldn't put food on the table. All the, all the stores were, were closed. You know, it's maybe even easier in, in our, you know, imagination this morning to be able to say, hey, you know, maybe there could be a time when I would say it's okay to steal. My children are crying out in hunger. All, all the stores were, were closed. There was no place to even go and, and buy food. I needed something for my family. Don't judge me. I was in a hard place. 
All right, with, with our empathy, you know, we can maybe begin to understand people in difficult situations. And, you know, how's someone walking by your house without food saw your apple pie cooling upon the windowsill and they just took it? And maybe you just said to yourself, well, it was just an apple pie. I, I hope that they, you know, enjoyed it at least. And it cost you maybe $5 of ingredients to make it. And you yourself said, well, you know, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal, but still God says, don't steal. And yet we like to try to find exceptions, don't we? Maybe there's a couple times when it might be okay. Don't commit adultery. Many people throughout our land falling into this sin, you know, on a weekly basis, even causing such destruction within families. And we might think to ourselves, well, those Bible heroes of old, those great men of God, certainly they would never do such a thing. But... Father Abraham. Father Abraham being promised that he would have a son. It would be the first of a generation of uh, people that would be as numerous as the grains of sand upon the beach. He's getting up in years a, a little bit. His wife Sarah comes to him and she says, you know, Abraham, I'm not able to bear a child. Why don't you go into my handmaiden? And, you know, she can get pregnant still and, and she can carry the baby to term it. And that baby of my handmaiden, that can be our child. And the, the Bible doesn't really tell us how, how much Abraham resisted that advice, but it does say eventually he went into the handmaiden. She became pregnant with, with his uh, child. As the child began to grow, uh, Sarah, instead of having kind of a loving heart toward the child, instead of you know, having that idea still in place that they would adopt uh, that child, she instead became very jealous. I don't want this kid around. I don't want the mother around. I'm going to drive them out into the wilderness. And dear friends, I, I don't know if you studied a, a lot of history, but, but that baby became one of the forerunners of the Muslim religion. You see, Father Abraham, he breaks the, the command of God, do not commit adultery. He thinks that he's doing it for a, a good and just purpose in order to you know, have an heir of his estate. And Moving forward into the future, we then see some of the chaos throughout the world that is generated as a result of Abraham breaking the command of the Lord simply that one time. We see so many people walking around in the world, go, well, I think those are just guidelines. 
you know? And well, yeah, they probably work okay, even most of the time, but I certainly wouldn't want to follow them every day, continuously. A guideline. Well, dear friends, do we come then into our current situation, our, our current day, don't we? Where we have, yes, a, a clear command from the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, right? That's from the Old Testament. The New Testament goes even further, and it tells us, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. Right? Don't do it. And yet we have many people throughout our land today saying that our churches should be closed, that they are, you know, dens of disease even. That, oh, you, you, you might come out and, and you, you might, you know, catch the, this terrible virus that's going around and, oh, my, we've got to, you know, close down everything. And yet, what does our Lord command? He commands, we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, Martin Luther himself served during the time of the bubonic plague. Right? He, he kind of had even a, a worse experience that, you know, what we're going through is, you know, people just were dying in the street. And people are dying in their homes and the whole population was just so overcome with, with grief and with trying to deal with you know, the, these bodies that were piling up and what in the world are we going to do, people said. Well, people in his day, as I told you about at the beginning of the service, they came to the church. Right, the church is the place that is supposed to be able to provide for our needs. The church is the place that's supposed to be able to provide for caring for other people. The, the church is designed by God in a, a sense to be a hospital. A hospital, yes, for your soul, for, for your mind. Right, for, for you know, your, your basic needs, but you know, certainly through the ages it's been a, an actual hospital for people who are physically afflicted. A place where we can come and find hope. You see, if you just kind of close down the church, where are people going to get that. Now, on the other hand, if the church is just kind of a social institution, now if, if the church is just kind of a, a place that you know talks about a, a certain kind of philosophy, you know, we're, we're just kind of like a, a group of, of students uh, gathering around to learn some of the, the history of a, a, a man who lived 2,000 years ago. Well, if that's all we are, 
Well, yeah, then, then certainly, right? The preservation of, of health, that maybe goes to the forefront, and we maybe, you know, say, say to one another, you know, I, I, I don't really, you know, want to risk my health for this historical society. But now what do we really believe the church to be? We believe the church to be a place that worships the very Son of God, don't we? We believe that there is, yes, power in that name of Jesus. We believe that the Lord himself can take events within his hands that are terrible and even a disaster and he can use those things for our good, in a sense. Now, now please note, it doesn't necessarily say that you know, God has caused this disaster. Because we know that Satan is in the world, right? A, a title of Satan is a, the prince of the powers of the air. You know, certainly Satan can manipulate weather patterns throughout the world and cause natural disasters. We know that because of the sin of Adam and Eve, Satan has gained power in this place. They you know certainly God was in control at the very beginning, and we're certainly teaching God will be in control again in the you know end end of days. But in the meantime, we have to live in a world where sin happens, and we have to live in a world where Satan is able to do things. But what the Bible does say is that when Satan moves against you, he moves against you personally, he moves against your nation, that God can take the wreckage of, of the warfare, of the terrible things that Satan does, and he can begin to shape them and mold them into something new again, see. The Bible tells us there is hope for the future. That no matter what terrible thing is taking place right now, God can use that in some way to make a new life for you again. He can do that. Where else can we get that message? See? Today, maybe you know, we're becoming a, a little bit fearful, right? In our Lenten series, we've been talking about you know being fearful, uh, you know having doubt, and you know the, those negative emotions that can impact us and and cause us to stress. And as you're, you're turning on your, your news channel every day, right? You know you're hearing you know various people speak, and you know what message of hope have you found? through this whole week. Yeah. There, there, there's more death. Right? It's getting worse. It's going to be longer than we thought. Right? The, the vaccine's not coming out for a year. Right? You know, you, you can begin to wonder what would our society be like if this persists for a couple months even. 
Can't go out to eat even, right? I'm, I'm told, you know, a truck drivers not able to get food at the McDonald's because their truck doesn't fit and they can't walk through the drive-thru. I don't know if you've even thought about some little detail like that. I'm trying to drive my truck across the country to keep the delivery supplies going and I can't get food because I can't just walk through the drive-thru. How am I going to keep going? And we have, you know, people with good intentions making up new rules and regulations every day to impose on the population. They don't think about the final consequence. I'm protecting people. I didn't know that was going to shut down transportation across the nation because no one wants to drive their truck across country if they can't get food. Right? I'm just going to stay home. We have these problems and, and we don't know where to go and we're getting all of this you know, negative news coming back at us. And so we come today and we want to hear about the love of Jesus once more, don't we? And we want to be able to understand that God is still in the heavens. That God knows what we're going through. He cares so very much. And he longs to give us hope once again. Well, what is that hope? The hope is built on Faith in Christ, isn't it? The hope is built on the fact that Christians for the last 2,000 years have experienced every form of hardship, every kind of calamity, even being imprisoned by their own governing authorities, and they have kept joy inside somehow. And they have been able to serve their jail sentences simply for being Christian by singing in the prison. And they have been able to look out through the bars of social injustice and continue to praise the God who made all things. You see, the reason that we come back to the church on Sunday is because going through the, the trials and tragedies of, of our weekly existence, we need some hope, don't we? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. That's where we need to be. Those are the words that we need to be able to hear spoken on a weekly basis even. That's the message that we need to be able to carry forth with us as we go from this place once more. God is still there. God sees where we are. 
God has been through everything that we're going through as he watched his son walk upon this earth. He feels our pain. He knows our every need. Our broken hearts. He loves us just the same. And dear friends, if we can continue to take that message out into our world through this time of trouble, we can give hope to those around us as well. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>